Hey, Pastor Brian here. I want to thank you for tuning in to Rockhouse Baptist Church Podcast. I hope this message inspired you. I hope it encourages you to fulfill God's purpose for your life. Now, for today's message. This morning, our message uh, title is All Things New. All Things New. So if you have your Bibles or your tablets, please turn to Revelations chapter 21. We're going to look at verses 1 through 8. Now, chapter 21 and 22, I'm going to go ahead and tell you, if you didn't know this, it's the final go-around. It's the end of the Bible. I got great news for you this morning. If you're a believer, you're a victor. Amen? You're an overcomer. You're a winner. There's something here today for you. If you are not a believer, Christ died for you. Christ died and rose again so that we could have justification and be in a righteous relationship with our Heavenly Father. Please don't overlook that statement. Now, I hope you had a Merry Christmas. I'm going to backtrack a little bit. I hope you enjoyed your loved ones. I've already heard some great things this morning about people saying, you know what, I put everything aside and took about three or four days and spent it with my family and thinking about what Christmas was truly all about, which is Jesus Christ. I hope you overate, which is kind of a sin if you don't watch it, but uh, just be careful. No, we're not here to cast anything out. But Satan, we're going to cast him out this morning. Uh, I hope you lounged around too much and did all those good things. But most of all, I hope you spent time alone with God. I hope you didn't miss the real reason, not just for the season, okay? Billy Graham says he's the reason for more than the season. He's the reason for 365. He's the reason we get up, the reason we lay down. His sacrifice for the world placed you number one. There used to be an old song, and I ain't going to quote who, who sings it, and it, it ain't even really appropriate. He would say, uh, number two is not a winner, and three nobody remembers. If you're young and you listen to hip-hop back in 2000, you know where that song comes from. But I thought about that when I read the Revelations. We are number one. We are the it, thanks to Jesus Christ. And I'm going to talk to you this morning about being the victor. We've made it to the end of our Bible readings through the whole Bible. You all actually finish it up this week. And uh, we'll kick off the new year with about a six-week uh, prayer um, study uh, from the pulpit here. But there is good news today. What's that good news, you may ask? There's a reward waiting for us that's far better than we can ever imagine. Amen? I'm here to tell you that your reward is a new and replenished body a new and replenished earth that we're going to talk about this morning. Our heavenly home is a real place that awaits us. It is real. But on the other hand, there is some bad news. Verse 8 this morning, you're going to see in just a minute, is going to tell us that we have a choice to make. The choice can be that we would spend eternity with our Lord and Savior or that we would choose separation from Him. Now that's what the Bible says. Bible is quoted that every word is God-breathed and truth for correcting, teaching, okay? That's what we're here to do this morning. So I ask you this morning, are you one of the ones that will spend eternity with Jesus Christ? 
It's the most important question you're going to hear of 2020. Are you one of the ones that will spend eternity with Jesus Christ? There's nothing more better than the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life, I promise. He never leaves you. He never forsakes you. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6 say this. If you're looking for something this morning, hear this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. I'm going to say that again. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not rely on your own understanding. Think about Him in all your ways and He will guide you on the right path. 2020 has been kind of a lost, crazy year. But Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6 is still true as it was back in King Solomon's days as it is right now. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and He will guide you. I promise you that. You know what God asked from you today? It's for you to trust Him. For you to give your heart and soul to Him. For you to trust Him with everything. With your life, with your marriage, with your finances, with your weaknesses, with your strengths. Trust Him in the known. Trust Him in the unknown. Trust Him when you can't see what's coming and when you can. Our God is able to save. Our God is mighty. He's getting ready to tell you that He is the Alpha and the Omega. If you're saved, you ought to be jumping, clicking your heels back there. Amen? Because you put your hope and faith and trust in the truth. A lot of people don't understand that. And if you trust Him this morning, this sermon is, is for you. But if you're thinking about trusting Him, please tune in. God's got a gift for you. Revelations chapter 21, verses 1 through 8. Let's look at it this morning. The Apostle John writes... Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea no longer existed. I also saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared like a bride adorned for her husband. Then I heard a loud voice from the throne, Look, God's dwelling is with humanity. And he will live with them. They will be his people. And God himself will be with them and be their God. Amen. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death will no longer exist. Grief, crying, and pain will exist no longer. Because the previous things have passed away. Verse 5. Then the one seated on the throne said, Look, I am making everything new. He also said, write this, because the words are faithful and true. And he said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. Amen. I will give water as a gift to the thirsty from the spring of life. The victor will inherit these things, and I will be his God, and he will be my son. Verse 8, but the cowards, the unbelievers, the vile, the murderers, the sexual immoral, the sorcerers, the idolaters, and all liars, their share will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. Let us go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Heavenly Father, I pray that your word not return void this morning, that it pierces our hearts. Father, that there are people dying every day lost, 
spending eternity separated from our Heavenly Father. Lord, I pray that if there's somebody here today that doesn't know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, Father, that this Word pierces them. Lord, that they come running to the altar. More importantly, Father, they come running to You no matter where they stand or where they are. God, let us believers grow in our relationship with You. Trust You more than ever. Lord, You've brought us through 2020. Thank You for that. Lord, there's plans that we don't understand that you have for us but you tell us for i know the plans i have for you lord you're going to make good on your promise just like the song says you're a promise keeper lord we love you and we thank you in jesus most precious name we pray this morning and all god's people said amen our first point this morning is that god's plan is to restore god's plan is to restore now, if you've read through Revelations, you probably, <laughs> unless you really studied, and, and I'll be honest with you, a lot of people that study just have a good idea about what's taking place most of the time. They can't really tell you this is the exact truth because I'm not sure anybody really truly knows. Having said that, many theologians will agree upon what we're going to talk about today. So what on earth is John writing about, the Apostle John? He's been uh, extradited. Uh, to an island at this time. But John knew what Isaiah had prophetically spoke about God's people and what was to come for them. You can find that in Isaiah chapter 65, verse 17. We're not going to go there this morning, but make a note of that. Isaiah 65, verse 17. And here's what's remarkable about John's writings. is that God hasn't placed this, <laughs> we seem to think heaven is so far away. How are we going to ever get there? It's some distant utopia. Well, that's not what John says it is. That's not what Jesus said it was. God originally created the heaven and earth, the one that we stand on today, to be a permanent place for us human beings. But then we know in chapter 3 of Genesis, the fall of man happened. And because the fall of man, what happened? What entered the world? Sin. Sin entered the world. It's some of the most basic truths of the Bible but some of the most missed. People think sin is something that should be laughed at or it's okay or it's a good joke. Folks, God hates all sin. As we said last week, Charles Spurgeon said, if you knew what it cost our Savior, <laughs> oh, would we take it more serious. Amen. Sin and death entered the world and it transformed our dwelling place where we live at right now. Into a world of rebellion, you don't even have to turn on the news for that. You can look at yourself. An alienation from God. But here's the great news this morning. God did not stop there. He had a plan for you and I from the very beginning. It wasn't like He was caught off guard by the serpent. God had a plan for Mac. God had a plan for Jerry. God had a plan for Nadine. God had a plan for Samantha. He had a plan for Stacy, both Stacys, all Stacys. He had a plan for Beth, for Elin and Isla. He knew, hey, we're a gift from above. He is that person who gives it to us. Romans chapter 5, verse 8 says this, But God proves His own love for us, in that while we were still sinners, you hear that this morning? 
while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He knew Brad Pennington was going to be a sinner. He knew Brian Hubbard was going to be a sinner. He knew everybody in here was going to be a sinner. But yet he still went to the cross, as John sang, on Calvary. I love that song. Somebody make a note that when they put me down one day, I want that one sang. Uh, that list is growing. That funeral is going to be a long funeral. Funeral is going to be a long one. But oh, how I can't wait. To live <laughs> is Christ and to die is gain. Amen. But why did Paul write this in, in Romans chapter 5, verse 8? Well, in Romans chapter 8, verse 21, it says this, The creation itself, that's us, that's everything here, will also be set free from the bondage of corruption into the glorious freedom of God's children. Folks, everybody knows that they wandered for 40 years and, and what Moses did. But here's Paul saying, listen, you can still be in bondage right now. You can, you can still be a slave. As a matter of fact, you're going to be a slave to something. You're going to be a slave to your sin, or you're going to be a slave to Jesus Christ. And there's no in-between. You're either on this side or that side. Don't fool yourself. Don't kid yourself. I kid the Lord for 25 years, and he just laughed at me because I was really fooling myself. And then I seen the glory that God had really put in my life. And I was just looking over it. If we go back to the scripture, though, for this morning, John speaks of the first heaven and the first earth passing away. And as I studied this week, I, this was a tough passage, I'm not going to lie. Stacy uh, had to sacrifice quite a bit because I had to spend a little more time in on this. Um, John really wasn't talking necessarily about uh, the world passing away and never being here as the one we lived on. He's more talking about the order of the world and how that order is tainted with sin and death and suffering and idolatry. And his emphasis was more spiritual than geographical. And you can find this also in 2 Peter chapter 3, but looking at verse 13 right now, we're going to come back to this later. Peter wrote, but based on his promise, that's God, God's promise, we await for new heavens and a new earth where the righteousness will dwell. Can you think of a place that is perfect? I mean, you try to think of a place right now that is perfect. There's many times I sit on my back porch in Wooten, Kentucky, and I look up to the sky, and I'm just completely amazed at what God has, has done. The Bible says we're, that, we're without excuse. We can look out and see the glory of God. When I would look out and I would see the glory of God and I would think, Lord, does it, as the song says, without getting too emotional, does it get any better than this, really? At this very euphoric moment, I have no worries. My family's healthy. And I'm staring into the face of God and His creation. And then it hit me. Oh, it does. It gets a thousand times better. Much better. But here's the thing. If we don't understand that and we don't really speak the truth of what's to come if we don't accept it. The Bible tells us that there's many uh, things to come. Those who don't believe in Jesus are going to uh, have a rough road. I'm just going to be honest. I'm going to be honest. We're going to talk about that a little bit in just a moment. But 
There's going to be a seven-year tribulation period. We're not going to go into all this because Lord knows that's another three-week sermon. There's a battle of Armageddon. There's a thousand-year period called the millennium. And then Satan's going to have his final rebellion. He's going to come at those <laughs> who don't know Jesus really hard. And then lastly, there's going to be a great white throne of judgment that we're all going to face, that we're all going to see. I don't know about you, but I really would like to skip all that. That little bit that I just told you about. I'd like to skip all that and know that without a shadow of a doubt, a doubt that I'm going to go to heaven like I do right now, no matter what. My sins, past, present, and future are forgiven. Amen? There's nothing I can do to erase what God has done for me. You didn't earn your salvation. You're not going to lose your salvation. But here's how you get it. You trust in God with all of your heart. The Bible says that those who call on Him will be saved. Will be saved. Not that you might, but that you will. Once all that order has taken place, we know the Bible says that the earth will be purified with fire. That the, there will be a new heaven and a new earth. Now, when, I, when you hear new, okay, you've got to go back and you have to study it, just like I did. You have to study that the Greek word is Cain. K-A-I-N-E. You can Google it later if you want to study on it some more. I've got some books. That doesn't mean he's going to create something new, as in a brand new. And I'll explain. Because God's original plan never failed. God doesn't have to go create something brand new. Hear me out this morning. Our God does not fail. When God created the heavens and the earth in the book of Genesis, over and over again, He created every part. And what did He say? And God saw it was good. Hmm. And then on the sixth day, the day before He rested, He said it was very good. God's not changed His mind. He's the same God yesterday, today, and tomorrow. God will not abandon His creation. His purpose is to restore it. One theologian said it this way, if God would have to annihilate the present world, Satan would have won a great victory. Satan would have succeeded. He would have succeeded so decisively corrupting the present earth that God could do nothing with it but blot it out totally from existence. But Satan did not win such a victory. On the contrary, Satan has been decisively defeated and God will reveal the full dimensions of that defeat when he shall renew that very earth on which Satan deceived mankind and finally banish from it all the results of Satan's evil schemes. Amen? God's going to purify our earth. Are you with me this morning? Are you hearing what God's going to do for you? His plan for you? If you trust in Him. Randy Alcorn said this. He's a, uh, a, uh, a teacher of the Bible and a minister. He said, God doesn't throw away His handiwork and start from scratch. He's already did that once, starting from scratch. Instead, He uses the same canvas to repair and make more beautiful the painting that was marred by the vandal. 
The vandal doesn't get the satisfaction of destroying, destroying his rival's masterpiece. On the contrary, God makes an even greater masterpiece out of what his enemy sought to destroy. Amen? God doesn't throw away you or I. He doesn't throw away what he has planned for us. He sets to make all things new. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 9 and 10 say, He made known to us, He being God, the mystery of His will, according to His good pleasure, which He set forth in Him, Him being Jesus Christ, regarding His plan of the fullness of the times, to bring all things together in Christ, things in the heavens and the things on earth, you see, his plan was to bring everything together under one head. And that was Jesus Christ. That's why Jesus walked this earth for you. So that you don't have to try to figure out how I can be saved. How I can do enough. God made his will known to us through his son, and that is Jesus Christ. There's no magical potion. There's no secret. It's all about Jesus. Amen? To go back to the word Cain, I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. It means something will be purified, as I was saying before. If you think about how God purified the earth the first time around in Noah's day, he did that with what? With water, right? The earth was not completely banished or destroyed. It was still the earth. But rather, God rid of all evil of that time. Here's the thing about the New Jerusalem that John talks about from my studies. Is that God's people will enter this New Jerusalem. They'll be hovering above the earth. And this is some very deep theological stuff that we can have an extended conversation on later. But while we're in heaven in the New Jerusalem, God is going to purify the earth with fire. That's what's coming next. We're going to talk about that. But much like Noah was protected in the ark, we're going to be protected in this new Jerusalem. And here's what makes these new heavens and new earth and this new Jerusalem so important. God will be dwelling with His people. You will get to experience the full presence of God. Verse 3 says, Look, God's dwelling is with humanity, and He will live with them, and they will be His people, and God Himself will be with them and be their God. Do you hear that? We, don't, we won't have to wonder, God, are you really with me? I'm praying and I, I feel your spirit. and God's going to be right there. We're going to be in the presence of our Lord and Savior. I don't know what else I can say. Scripture should make you excited enough to run, jump, scream, and holler however you handle your business. Okay, that's how I'd handle it. Stacy, probably not. She just relax, my Stacy. I'd say Greg Stacy's probably wild like me sometimes. <laughs> but the best thing about heaven in this new Jerusalem is not going to be the streets of gold. It's not going to be the pearly gates that you hear and you talk about and we know to be coming. It's not going to be the reunion of our loved ones. We know that you know, we are made pretty much that we're going to die. The Bible tells us that it's going to happen. And we want to be with our loved ones. That's why we pray for each and everybody to be saved. That's why I pray for my dad. That's why I pray for my family. That's why I pray for my mother and still continue to do. But here's the thing. 
the best part about this new heaven is going to be God's loving presence of himself. The Bible says that the sea will be gone. John is referring to the place of the dead. It's more of a spiritual thing than a geographical thing. Jerusalem, if you can remember in the Old Testament, it would be a, a community of God's people, per se. And the hope of the kingdom of God would come to Jerusalem. But they missed it the first time. Hmm. But in this time, it's going to be the future of the glorified existence of the church. John Piper says it this way. What happens to our bodies and what happens to the creation go together. What happens to our bodies is not annihilation, but redemption. God doesn't throw us away. He redeems us. Our bodies will be redeemed, restored, and made new. Not thrown away. And so it is with the earth. Amen. I don't know about you, but I'm a little bit jealous when I think about the people that's in the presence of the Lord. <laughs> I was talking to a person who had a loved one recently pass away a few weeks ago. And uh, I could tell her heart was hurting. I really could. And they were holding it together best that they could. But he said she's an overcomer. She's overcome the world. Because Jesus says, greater is he that is in me <laughs> than he that is in the world. Amen? Amen. Our second point this morning is God's gift to the overcomer. This is what God has for us. And I, I'm hammering home a point this morning. But listen to verse 4 and 5. God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death will no longer exist. Grief, crying, and pain will exist no longer because the previous things have passed away. Then the one seated on the throne, amen, that's our Lord and Savior. The enemies are made his footstool, the Bible says. Look, I am making all things or everything new, he said. Right, because these words are faithful and true. You see, our eternal home is going to be nothing like we've experienced ever before. It's going to be free of death, of sin, of guilt, of sorrow. You think of the worst thing or the thing that bothers you the most, it is not there. We will absolutely be free to become all that God wanted us to be, and that's to worship Him with all of our heart and soul. And all praise and glory be to Him. That's what the Revelation song was about. I know Molly's probably studied it. These, the angels are around the throne, and they don't know, they don't know, but all they can sing is what? Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. That's us. Amen. If you'll read on this week, it says that we all throw our crowns at His feet. Gosh. <laughs> Everything He's given us, we get to give to Him. Whew. And best of all, we'll enjoy that fellowship with our Lord and Savior. You ever had that moment where you just feel like you, I mean, it's the Spirit, let's be honest, and you just feel completely free, and you, you're not even, it's like an out-of-body experience in a way. Folks, that's coming. That's what it's going to be like. Verses 6 and 7 says, And he said to me, It is done. I've heard that before. On the cross I heard what? It is finished. But here Christ says it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. 
I will give water as a gift to the thirsty from the spring of life. The victor will inherit these things, and I will be his or her God, and he will be my son or daughter. In the next chapter, Revelations 22, and I, I promise I know we're over a little bit, but I knew this was going to be a long one today, but I wanted to end 2020 in the way that it probably began. With God alive and well. Amen? <laughs> with God being our Savior. That's how it started. Y'all caught up in this COVID business. God's still on the throne. Amen? Come on. Chapter, or I'm sorry, chapter 22, verse 1 and 2 says, And he showed me a river of water. I'm sorry. And he showed me a river of the water of life, clear as crystal, coming from the throne of God and the Lamb in the middle of its streets. And on either side of the river was a tree of life, bearing 12 kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit for every month. There's not a day going to go by you're going to need anything else. And the leaves of the trees were for the healing of the nations. That's us, folks. God not only provides all you need now, but He continues to provide all that we need. Verse 6 reminds us that He's in absolute control. That He's a way maker, as we sang this morning. That He's a promise keeper. He's a light in the darkness. We're His creation. And what I love about these verses is those who thirst, those who thirst, He offers water without cost. There's nothing that you can do. There's nothing you have to give except to drink. And I thought of the old saying, and this is nowhere near the Bible, but have you ever heard the saying, you can lead a horse to water, but what? You can't make it drink. God is that water. All he's asking you to do is to drink of him. As the song says that John sings a lot, and uh, leave it all behind and come to the well. Verse 7 talks about the importance of salvation. Here is why salvation is important. We get to have an intimate and personal relationship with God that is never-ending. I'm going to say that again. We get to have an intimate and personal relationship with God that is never-ending. Some of my best days was high school football, but you know what? That come to an end. My wedding day come to an end. That euphoric moment when I got to help my, hold my girls for the very first time, all that come to an end. But our ongoing personal relationship with Jesus Christ will never, ever end. Romans chapter 8, verses 16 and 17 says this, The Spirit Himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. If children, heirs also, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, indeed we suffer with Him, so that we may be glorified with Him. Folks, if we're going to be conformed to His image, that means there's suffering going to take place. I kid with Tony's son sometimes. He says, when I got saved, he told me it's all going to be fine and dandy. <laughs> that means Satan's going to try a little harder. He's going to try in different ways. But here's the thing. God's greatest work is done in our greatest time of need. Our third point this morning, and our final point, is that there is a choice. You've heard the greatness of God. You know what heaven's going to be like, for the most part. The Bible says that we can't comprehend it all, that the book couldn't hold it all. But verse 8 is a scary, scary thing. It's more scarier than 
anything you can think of. Verse 8 says, The cowards, the unbelievers, the vile, the murderers, the sexually immoral, the sorcerers, the idolaters, all liars, their share will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. There's a choice to be made by us all, folks. We're either going to choose the city of God, what God's done for us, or we're going to be in the city of Babylon, city of sin, a city that was all worried about who? <laughs> Their self. That's what they were worried about. Folks, I beg you this morning, hear what 2 Peter chapter 3 says. And hear, the, hear, hear when I read this, hear this as it's here today. Many people read the Bible and say, oh, that's old stuff. Folks, I told you Jesus was alive and well. And here's what 2 Peter says. Know this, first of all, that in the last days, mockers will come with their mocking, following their own lust, saying, where is the promise of His coming? For ever since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue just as they were from the beginning of creation. Haven't you heard that? But ain't nothing changed. We still here. Verse 5. For when they maintain this, that means when they keep that thought, it escapes their notice that by the world, I'm sorry, by the word of God, the heavens existed long ago and the earth was formed out of water and by water through which the world at the time was destroyed by being flooded with water. Verse 7. But His Word, the present heaven and earth, are being reserved for fire. Keep, I'm sorry, kept for the day of judgment and destruction of ungodly people. But don't let this one fact escape your notice, beloved. With the Lord, one day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years like one day. The Lord is not slow about His promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not willing for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. <laughs> Why has God not came back? It's a good question. I, I don't know all the answers. I know there's some things that has to take place. But I hold on to verse 9. But He is patient toward you. Not willing for any to perish. He don't want Greg. He don't want John. Whoever on this earth to perish. But all to come to repentance. We ought to be thankful in a way that He hasn't came back. If you're a non-believer. Charles Spurgeon said this. If they, parentheses sinners, if they would but come, even the largest hearted among them would be wonderstruck as they saw how richly God supplied all their needs according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Amen. There's no sinner that's too far gone. There's nobody that don't deserve it because the Bible says that Christ died for us. I promise this, there's a choice that you wish you would have made or a choice that you wish you could have changed. There's only one when you really deep down think about it. Some people say, well, I have regrets. I shouldn't have done this and that. And I have those, I think. 
But there's a choice that I made and a choice that many made that says we are forgiven. May not be forgiven by folks, but we're forgiven by our Heavenly Father. And you don't want to miss this because if you don't choose God, what you're choosing is separation from Him. And that's a scary thought, folks. Randy Alcorn said it like this. For Christians, this present life is the closest that they'll come to hell. <laughs> but for the unbelievers, this is the closest they'll get to heaven. John 14, 6 says this. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me being Jesus Christ. I will close with this. Would you come today and choose Jesus? Folks, life is like a vapor. I talked to one guy one day, two days later. God has chosen you. He says it right in the Bible. But the choice is not Him choosing you that's needed to be made now. The choice is that we need to accept Him for who He is and what He's done for us. And I pray that's what we do this morning. Let us pray. Lord, I thank You for Your message. Lord, I know that You have a reason for all of us here on earth. Father, we are to make disciples. We are to go to the ends of the earth, share the gospel. For some of us, that's right in our homes. For others, that's in our neighborhood. For some, that's all the way to some distant foreign land. But Father, what does it matter as long as the gospel's advancing? I pray for the folks here this morning. I pray for the ones online. I pray for myself, Father. Every day we should be being conformed to your image, which is Jesus Christ. God, I'm not perfect. Nobody is. But that don't mean I can't long to love you, Lord, to seek you. Lord, I love you and I thank you. And I pray that if there's somebody here this morning that doesn't know Jesus Christ, that they not let another moment go by without asking you, Father, into their heart. Lord, I'm thankful for Rock House Baptist. I'm thankful for my family. I'm thankful for my little girls, my wife. Thankful for our leaders here that lead ministries, that take time away from their families to share the gospel. But Lord, I know what it's all about. It's about Jesus. And I'm so thankful for Him. Without Him, how lost I would be. Lord, we love you. We thank you this morning. It's in Jesus' most precious name that we pray. Amen. Again, thank you for tuning in. You can also find us on Facebook.com by searching Rockhouse Baptist Church. Or you can go to our website, rockhousebaptist.org. Thank you for listening.